Let's go to the word of the Lord. Second Samuel is our assignment today. I will not be long. If you have barbecue on your mind, you'll be there soon. Chicken is waiting. This is the kind of week I've had. This is my sermon. <laughs> it was one. I had no paper near me, and the Lord started talking. And I don't know if you know how, how God works with you. It may not be the same, but when God starts talking, I better start writing as well how it goes for me. And so I just started pulling this together, and I ran out of folder. So uh, I guess the sermon will either be short or um, he's going to give me another download while I'm preaching. Amen. I want to talk to you in the new series that we're starting today on breakthroughs. How many need a breakthrough in your family and in your life and in your marriage? Well, we can pretend. We can pretend it's all good here today, right? We can come in here. We can put smiles on, and I believe we should. I believe we should be a people that are glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I believe that. But when your marriage is a 5 out of 10 or your friendships with somebody close to you is a 2 out of 10, you need Jesus to step into that situation. You need a breakthrough in those moments. And it's not just cliche. The church has kind of commandeered the word breakthrough. But it's actually a word from the Lord. He is a God of breakthrough. And I want to teach you today a little bit from the word of God. If you'd let me just speak to you for a few moments that he's not just a God of breakthroughs, but he's a, a breakthrough. He's the Lord of breakthroughs, plural. Not just one, but when you get a breakthrough, it initiates a cycle with God of multiple breakthroughs. Amen? So let's talk about a new breakthrough today. Let's go to the word of the Lord. We're going to start in verse 17 of 2 Samuel. Tech team would help me out. I'm a little bit of a mess today. But when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, what does an anointing on David have to do with Philistines? Why would the enemy care about an anointing? Well, we're going to find out about that. All of the Philistines came up to seek David, and David heard of it and went down to the hold. And the Philistines also came and spread themselves out in the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up to the Philistines? Shall I go and fight? And wilt thou deliver them into mine hand? And the Lord said unto David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into thy hand. And David came to Bel-Perazim, and David smote them there, and said, The Lord hath broken forth upon mine enemies before me as a breach of water. Therefore, he called the name of the place Belperazim. The Philistines called it something different. The enemy called it something different. The enemy called it Raphaim, which means the Valley of Giants. But David called it the place where God breaks through. I want to preach to you for a little while about this God of breakthroughs and the fact that we all need a new breakthrough in our families and our lives. In Jesus' name, Lord, help us as we take in your word. Help me to get out of the way. Help my voice to just use your word to sow seed that cannot return void in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. 
Perez is actually the name of a gentleman that was born under difficult circumstances in the scriptures. Tamar was his mother, and the situation is very, very difficult to speak about in our day because of the culture of their day. There was something that is set up in their particular time period where if someone passed away, an elder or another brother would raise up children unto his wife that there might be an heir to his name. And we don't do this anymore, but that was the situation. And Perez was one of two twins in the womb, and I believe it was Zeraph, if you say, if I say it right, his hand broke forth out of the womb, and they put a thread on the hand saying, this is the firstborn. The one that came forth first had the blessing of the firstborn, which means they got land. They got blessing. They got financial blessing. There's a lot of things that went with the firstborn. And then the hand retracted, and then Perez broke forth. And they're like, how is this happening? So his name means breach or breaking forth. And then from that name, it, his children and his children's children, and you watch this, Perez has a son and then has another son and has another son. And as you get through the lineage of Perez, you come to this name of Boaz. You guys recognize the name of Boaz. Boaz was the one who was the kinsman redeemer for Ruth. Sarah did a tremendous job speaking on that at Spirit Life a couple weeks ago. And when Ruth and Boaz, the unlikely couple, came together and Boaz said, I'll be the kinsman redeemer for Ruth, they stood them in the gate and they said, we want to bless you. And they gave a blessing that came through the name of Perez. In other words, your lineage is a breakthrough lineage. Amen, somebody? And so what happened was that blessing was resting on that family line. And then as you work your way down, Boaz had a son, and, and then he had a son. And anybody know the name of Boaz's first son? We'll do a Bible quiz real quick. Obed. And anybody know the name of Obed's son? Jesse. Starting to bring, bring bells now. Who knows the son of, the, of Jesse? King David. I want you to know that whenever this child's traumatic bringing forth into the world. His circumstances were absolutely horrid. There was no, no good way to look at his past. But when he got blessed by God, there was no stopping the breakthroughs in his family. I want to tell you for just, can I pause for a second and say, I don't care where you came from. I don't care what you've been through. And I don't care how hard the seasons were previous to now. I believe God has sent me to this little house to tell you that there's breakthrough that can come to your family if somebody in your family would stand up and say, I want the blessings of God on my life and on my family. I believe God can give a new breakthrough if you want it. If you want it. And so I believe that in this moment, this isn't just another Sunday getting over a snowstorm. I believe this is a breakthrough moment. I believe this is an opportunity in God's house for someone to say, here I am, Lord. If you want to send somebody, go ahead and send me. If you want something to change, do it through me. And I believe that God is looking for people just like that. So David's line did not come. Though he was anointed king, he did not come through the tribe of Benjamin. He came through the people of Perez. 
He came through a new breakthrough. Amen. And I want to help somebody to understand that, that we need to never underestimate the power of a personal breakthrough in our life. The, the attack of the enemy is real, brothers and sisters. You have an adversary for your spirit, brothers and sisters. And your adversary has been sowing lie after lie upon lie and layers of lies in our world. And one of those lies that has tried to sneak its way into the church is that your failure is final and your victory means nothing. That no matter what victory you get at the house of God or in your personal breakthroughs of life, eventually they will be overwhelmed by the mess of your family and by the mess of this world. But I want to tell you today that that is a lie from the enemy and that a breakthrough matters to God and it changes your family structure. It changes the lineage of your life and you can begin to have kings born into the kingdom of God through your heritage because of a breakthrough that you ask God to give you, that you can have a change in your life through the power of the anointing. And it's interesting to me in this chapter that the Philistines didn't care much about David till they heard he got anointed. I also want to break another lie in the church. Can I handle some lies today? Can I be pastor for a minute? There's another lie that says that there's something at fault with you whenever you have struggles or when the enemy attacks you, or when struggles happen in your life, that, that the failures of your life is a fault on you, and that the struggle that you're up against is, is because you have curses on your family. I want to tell you that's not true in the name of Jesus. If you've been born again, curses were broken off your life. You cannot walk with a curse and with the blessing of Almighty God on your life. It is impossible for the enemy to continue a curse in your life. There may be other family members around you. There may be others that, that don't understand your walk with God, but I want you to know that there is a blessing every step you take. There's anointing that walks with you because you have Jesus in you, the hope of glory. And the enemy is attracted to anointing. So we have to understand that when we have things like what's happening now with our church, it's not because somebody did something wrong. It's because the enemy recognized that there were breakthroughs going on in our church, and he has come to attack the breakthrough. He is pushing back. But we know that the devil cannot stop what God has initiated. Amen? So we're very grateful. And this is kind of how it works for some people. They, they, they surrender to the opposition. They surrender to the attacks. They say, well, I guess it's just always going to be like this. I guess we're always going to have these battles. I guess I'm always going to fall into this addiction again. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that you are a failure. It means that you're under attack and you need to learn how to shake it off. Amen? I have so much to preach. Paul's on the aisle. Uh, I'm not going to go into that. I won't have time. Let's, let me just say this, that if you don't have a fire of the Holy Ghost in your life, you have no place to put the enemy. Whenever Paul was trying to encourage the fire, he picked up, he picked up sticks, and he was going to put them in the, in the fire at Melita on the Isle of Malta. Some translations say it different. But he's trying to encourage the flame because you never just walk up to somebody else's fire and sit there and enjoy the presence of God off of their anointing. 
without bringing something to the table. You need to work, and you need to pray, and you need to seek God. You need, you need to come to the house of God with your own fire in your heart. Having a prayer life and having a word life brings wood to this bonfire that we have every single Sunday. Don't just show up here and say, this is nice. This feels good. I like coming in out of the spiritual cold and enjoying the fire that burns in pastor's life or somebody else's life or one of these praise teams' life. It's not, that's not how we do things. What you have to do is you have to encourage the fire yourself. Put some praise on it. Put some worship on it. Open your mouth and put Jesus in your mouth. Get your own fire started. And at least if you're joining a fire that's going, bring some wood. So as he's encouraging the fire, he picks up some wood and there's snake in there's a snake in the wood and he throws it into the fire and the snake reaches up and latches onto him. And Paul knows enough that the fire is where the snake belongs. If you ever have the enemy attack you, you're going to need the fire of the Holy Ghost to have a place to put it. He shook it off in the fire, and they looked at him like, truly, this man is a murderer. Truly, God has cursed this man. And he did not swell up. He did not have problems. If you read the scriptures, he goes and he lays those same hand, that same hand that was bit, he lays it on somebody a few chapters later, and God gives a miracle. Why? Because if you will, will go through life, even if the enemy attacks you, if you will keep your fire of the Holy Ghost burning in your life, you will not only have a place to put this snake, but when affliction comes and when a spirit of infirmity tries to come, you'll have a hand of, of glory to lay on somebody's hand and say, Jesus, in the name of Jesus. It's not your hand, but it's the power of God working through you. Amen? So you'll have the ability to speak victory in a situation that doesn't look like victory. It's not a little deal to get victory. We were at midwinter camp and I'll call her Sister Kura. You may not know her, probably don't. But Sister Jill Kura was one of the first converts in my, my wife's parents' church. She would meet with them in the living room. You think a rectangle room was small. Think about having church in a living room. They would meet in the living room of their house and have service. And God was moving. And I, I you know, thought she was pretty, so I decided I'd marry her and uh, came to Wisconsin and I was joining the church, and um, I didn't know much about anything, really. And uh, uh, I, I said, Lord, I, I'm going to need a father-in-law to teach me and to train me. And the Lord thought I said, I'm going to need a father-fix-it-all instead of father-in-law. And he just is very gifted in all these things. He's, he put a hammer in his hand, and he can, you know, build a car. So it's amazing. But I ended up starting to help, and... I have Alaska in my blood, obviously, and I used to do, we used to do snowmobiling, and we would, we would snowmobile across the lake, and the hill that's coming off the lake was our launch. <laughs> but when you hit the hill, doing 35 miles an hour, the whole sled goes, <laughs> and so holding on to somebody is really difficult unless you're holding on to the sled, the handles. And so we would blast across at like 45 miles an hour, hit the hill, and then we just go off. And, and I wasn't holding on very good. <laughs> and I was the second guy on the sled because I was a poor kid. I didn't own my own sled. I had to ride. And I just went, we went off that hill, and I just went flying into the air like this because <laughs> I, I couldn't hold on. It was too much power leaving the hill, you know. 
So I had these stories and, I, and all the snowmobiling up in the mountains. We go up and we get in the mountains and I have some, I have a little bit of, a, well, this might be too much TMI, but on this ear I have a little scab where I have frostbit my ears because we got up on top of the mountain and a storm came in. We barely got out of that mountain, I can tell you that. But also on a friend's sled. And uh, so I had all these stories and, and Jill Curra's husband loved the snowmobile. He'd drive up, he'd go up north to Eagle and other places in the snow belt where you get a lot of snow, and then they trailer the snowmobiles up there, and they go riding. And I was like, oh, man, we got lots in common. We should talk. And so then the Lord told me you need to teach him a Bible study. I was green. I mean, teaching some of those Bible studies, <laughs> they were some doozies. I can tell you right now, it was not a good Bible study, Brother Reese. It wasn't. It wasn't trained. I mean, I was like, I didn't know. I was back in the maps looking for Matthew, you know. And <laughs> if the Lord didn't anoint it, it would have never worked, Sister Lisa. <laughs> but I was just a mess of anointing at that time. And so I just thought, well, God's helping me. And I sat as this, it literally was like a little table in the, about this big. And we just, I sat here and he sat there and we just went through the word of God. And there were days I left, and I thought, well, that was horrible. There were days I left, and I thought, man, God was in that kitchen. God was in that room. I felt him. And through that Bible study, God saved Scott Curra, and God brought him to the Lord. And we baptized him in Jesus' name, and God filled him with the Holy Ghost. And a man who had nothing, wanted nothing to do with God, through stories about sleds in Alaska and, and talking to him as a friend. And would you like to sit down and learn about the Bible? God reached him. And she came up to me at midwinter camp. She said, it's okay if I use your name. I'm going to be speaking, and I want to tell about you teaching my husband a Bible study. And God gave that man a new breakthrough. But he didn't just give him a breakthrough. He gave him breakthroughs. Because when David got in the valley to fight the Philistines, they called it Rephaim. Im in the original language, I am, means plural. So Rapha means giant. So valley of giants, plural. But David didn't call it valley of giants. David said, I beat them in this valley. I'm going to call it Perez. Perez, or, or whatever it said. I have to pull it up again. It says, he called it Baal Perez. And Baal means Lord and Perez means breakthrough. And then he didn't just call it Perez. He called it Bel Perazim, which he added the I am, which means he's the Lord of multiple breakthroughs. If you get one, you get all of them in that area. And that's what I'm trying to say. If there's somebody in here who has come from a family that has struggled financially, you are breaking that curse off of your family every time you plead the name of Jesus, every time you honor God with your giving, every time you do something that, that honors God with your finances. When you get up and you're tired, but you go to work and you're on time and you're going to say, I don't, I don't do this for my boss. I do this as unto the Lord. You are breaking a cycle. You're bringing a new new breakthrough, and it's not just one breakthrough. You're establishing a breakthrough for your kids and for your children's children and your grandchildren, and someday you may have white hair bouncing your grandbabies on your knee, but they have breakthroughs in their life that you prayed to pass 40, 50 years ago. 
because you understand he's the God of many breakthroughs. And that's what David was trying to get at. He's like, I'm not going to name this the Valley of Giants. I already beat a giant. I can beat any giant. Come on out. I got four more stones in my slingshot pouch. You know that David didn't understand maybe what was happening with with Goliath, but he knew his God could save him and bring him out. So he took not just one stone, he took multiple stones because if I take one big guy out, there might be a brother or another brother coming at me. So he's like, I may need five of these to take down all of his brothers. There's more giants. But I promise you this, when David conquered that one giant, he conquered that nation because of the way that warfare was set up at the time. But that's how God works. When you beat one, when you get just one new breakthrough, you're blessing your offspring down the road. Amen. Somebody. Where is an understanding in the church? I don't know if we've lost it or what, but the generational understanding of God that helped me here, that he is the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. He was establishing that in the Old Testament. He said, I'm, I'm your God, but I don't just bless you for you. I bless you for your kids, and I bless you for your grandkids. The blessing that you get financially or spiritually or or in your home or in your marriage, I can tell you that I I didn't know how to do things right when I was very young. And I can tell you that I come from a parent, and I'm glad we don't have cameras yet. I I come from a mom who's been through three divorces and a dad who had one and another one on the way before she passed of cancer. I can tell you I'm not supposed to be in a marriage for 27, 28 years, something like that, 28 years (laughs) I'm really going to get in trouble after this. Babe, we're going to go to the Ruth Chris Steakhouse. We're going to take you out. Yeah. Because I really just messed up. Someone go get me flowers. Reese, go to the gas station. Get me flowers right now. I just messed up in this sermon. 10-7 of 1995, I married this girl. And I should not still be married. I mean, we came home sometimes, and it was a fight fest. I'll tell you. It was an absolute brawl, two stubborn people just doing one of these. And we didn't know how to honor each other, and we sure didn't know how to honor God in our marriage. And we, so, we slowly learned how to work together. But as we have broken those chains of family that only saw divorce, everyone before me did not make it in their marriage. But I have now established something. I pulled something out of heaven. I broke my own pride and said, yes, I don't know how to do this. No, I don't know how to make this better, but God knows how to make it better. God can bless this. His promises are real. Ah. Victory is no small thing. It is a big deal to get a new breakthrough in your life. And I believe my children will not see the things that I've seen before because God has promised breakthroughs affect your next generation. He's not just blessing me for me. He's not just speaking promises over my life. He's speaking promises over generations to come. He's not just being good to you. He's being good to all those who come after you. That's why when we sing, I speak the name of Jesus over your family, over your home, over your life. It is a powerful move of God that happens in the room when we're doing that worship song because that is God's character. That is who he is. I am a God of generations. 
not just a God of your life. I'm so thankful he's a God of my life, but I'm so thankful I know that I stood up one day and said, God, if there's going to be a break in my family of divorce, let it be me. God's looking for someone who will stand up and say, in my family line, in my bloodline, there is going to be a place where there's blessing and there's, there's honor. And, and, I, and I don't know how to say this any other way, but hear me carefully. The mess is going to stop with me. You understand what I'm saying? That you literally have to stand up and say, I'm not going to perpetuate the darkness that has come into my life through family. I'm not going to continue the traditions that brought my family into alcoholism and drugs and other things. I am not going to perpetuate bondage in my family. I'm going to change through the power of the Holy Ghost. If anybody's going to get a breakthrough, let it be me, Jesus. If anybody's going to change this world... It's got to happen locally. If you're going to change the world, you need to change the nation. If you're going to change the nation, you need to change a territory. If you need to change the territory, you need to change a people. If you're going to change a people, you need to change the house. If you're going to change the house, you have to change the individual. It starts with a new breakthrough in you, and everything changes from there. This morning I was late getting to church. I, I decided, well, this is such a mess. <laughs> I decided that I was going to get up and I was going to snow blow the drive like a good man should. Hey, man, that's not alpha talking right there. I'm just saying I believe like I should get outside. And I got outside and I couldn't get that snowblower started. And Sister Vicky, I started that snowblower. I prepared for this snowstorm. I was ready. I had a running. I had the tires aired up and the thing wouldn't start. <sighs> Jesus, I used every Christian curse word I had. No, I'm kidding. I'm only kidding. I'm joking. I don't have a problem with that. I'm kidding. <laughs> but finally, I went inside, and I had to do some things, and I came back out, and I plugged it in, and it started. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. I'm running late, but I'll get this done. And I get to the end of my drive, and I look right, and across the street is our neighbor's house. And the Lord says, go do their drive. And I'm like, Lord, are you kidding me right now? You know I'm already late. And, and you know worship practice starts at 9, and I kind of probably should be there to pray over everybody. And, and you know then we have life, we have life, spirit life. That's what it's called. Yep. We have spirit life at 10, and, and so I'm arguing with the Lord. I'm not really arguing, but I'm kind of arguing in my head. And he's not speaking to me verbally, but it's, just, it's all going on in this mess of things up here. And so I finally go, okay, I'll do it. And I go over and I snow blow the, the drive of the neighbor. But what you may not know is my neighbor is going through recovery right now. He's in rehab for alcoholism. And he had a bender and he just, he finally broke and he texted me. He said, hey man, I went on a bender. I'm going into treatment. I need, I need help. I'm done with this. I need a breakthrough. I said, that's it. That's going to change his family. That's going to change his whole lineage. He's breaking the curse of alcoholism on his family. And so I'm like, the Lord said, go do their drive. She's out of town. He's in recovery. Go do their drive. What are we doing? 
If we're not helping people with their breakthroughs, what are we doing? If we're just sitting here looking at everybody's nice clothes, praising God, but never changing somebody's life, never helping somebody with their breakthrough. I want to get a new breakthrough, not just for you, not just for you, but I want to get a breakthrough for my neighbor who doesn't know Jesus yet and wants to change his own life. He may be going through a, a, a step program right now, but I've already talked to him about God, and I plan to get a Bible study with that bro. I plan to do something, and if I got to come late to church, if I got to walk in here embarrassed as I come across, and you guys are already here listening to some great teaching from Brother Reed, I don't care. If I come late, I, I sent it on the app because I wanted our team to know I'm sorry I'm late, but there is a reason why I'm late. I'm helping somebody get a breakthrough, and that's a good enough reason for me. It's a good enough reason for me to walk in late. Because if you give somebody a breakthrough, if you help somebody with their breakthrough, God will help you. Help build a breakthrough in somebody's life. Help change somebody. Would you lift your hands and just say, Lord, you see me right now. I want you to use me for a new breakthrough. I want to change things in my family. I'm sick of getting up tired, worn out. I want something to change in my life. You can get a breakthrough right now for your family. I'm praying for somebody. You know why we pray for people? We pray for people because we want them to have a breakthrough. We fast because we want a breakthrough. We need a new breakthrough, amen? Have you ever met people that just seem to live in breakthrough territory? Like, they have problems, but you'd never know it. Have you ever met somebody like that? They make you sick, don't they? <laughs> just, they're just happy all the time, and they're just getting a new car, and they're, oh, we're buying a new, uh, what? Where did you guys get all these breakthroughs? They have found a blessing from speaking life and not focusing on the negative but lifting their eyes to the help which cometh from the Lord. Amen? And not saying it's bad, it's this, it's such a mess. I can't even, I can't even tell you all the things I'm dealing with. Instead, they come in, they go, man, you should see what God has set up in my life right now. There's going to be some serious breakthroughs coming because of all the things I'm seeing. If you will just get a mentality that I, I, I can have a breakthrough you, you can. You can literally start a breakthrough in every moment and area of your life. Is that okay today? When I was up in Alaska, we have, I'm sorry, I, I talk about Alaska so much, and I do apologize for that, but I don't. I don't. I, I, it's the best place to live on earth. God literally has a cabin in Alaska. So, But there's this U.S. Highway 1, and it used to be an army road. It used to be a military road. And we would drive on it, and it has these, these cliffs off of one side. And then you go down into this ravine, and there's a turning bridge that comes up the other side of this mountain. It's just the most gorgeous thing you ever saw. And somebody, I'm just, we're just driving along, and even probably people were getting agitated in the car. Nobody is even thinking about the fact that somebody had to level those trees. Somebody had to put the work in to build the road that we are able to sit in our comfortable little car and be angry at the world at right now, you know, because, because the sister didn't get enough gummy bears from the, you know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, the kids are just going nuts in the back seat, and you're driving on a road that took 
blood, sweat, and tears to put in at some point. And I just had this thought, like, man, these guys, whoever it was, gals, guys, whoever, man, they worked hard to put this road in, to have the Alaskan Canadian Highway run up through and around and come down. They worked hard. And some of us are sitting in blessings and breakthroughs that generations before us worked hard to get. We cannot devalue the victories that God has given to previous generations and say, I can do whatever I want with this. No, you can't. You have to understand that somebody worked hard to give you what you have right now, and you need to return it as unto the Lord because he's the one that gave it in the first place. And some people don't like me preaching about victory and breakthroughs because they're like, well, you're not helping the church to understand their connection to the suffering of Christ, that we're supposed to suffer as Christ suffered. And I want you to know that as, as a young man, I, I, I can't sit. Okay, let me, let me go at it this way, and I'm almost done. I can't sit through three fast songs, one slow, and not lift my hands and worship the Lord. I, I can't go into a service and just spectate with my hands in my pockets the whole time. It's impossible for me to not praise the Lord because of where he brought me from. Amen? So don't, don't look at me and say, I don't know what it's like to suffer with Christ because I've been through a lot. Anybody been through a lot? And I'm, I'm saying you can't, you can't get victory from that. And I'm not saying that going through suffering doesn't bring fresh anointing in your life because it does. A pressing place, a place where you are, are, are pressured beyond compare. If you stay faithful and you keep your eyes on the Lord and your faith high, when you come through it, there's new blessing. There's fresh anointing. There's a next level breakthrough that can happen from that. And I believe that. But I've also been a person who has been brought out of things that could not could not you could not even imagine I could have gotten through so whenever someone lifts up their the the microphone and said let's praise the Lord you don't even have to have a song start and I'm ready how about you I'm ready I'm like yes he set me free from so much stuff so this isn't (laughs) this isn't a happy sermon maybe but this is a sermon that lets us know that if we want it we can have it that God's looking for somebody that stands up and says it's for you if you want it. Uh, Albert Einstein went into a church one time. I don't know if you ever heard the story, but he went into a church and he was listening to the sermon and he left the church and someone asked him about his visit. He said, I'll, I'll probably never go back to a church again. And they said, why? why? Why wouldn't you go back? He said, because the Bible that I read has a different God than the one they're serving in that room. He said, the God that they're talking about is a God of grief and suffering, but the Bible that I read is a God of victory and power and authority. So I wonder if maybe we haven't served Jesus too small. Maybe we need to give a bigger understanding of how big God is and how powerful he is and how awesome he is. The church has to understand that we are selling to me. Now, I'm not preaching that. Man. Now we need the cameras. I got to preach to somebody out there. Not in here. I'm not talking about anybody in here right now. But I want to tell you something, that the church has for too long been peddling coping skills instead of conquering skills. The church for too long 
along has been saying, well, our kids are messed up. Maybe they'll come back around. No, they will come back around. If God has brought you out, he'll bring them out in the name of Jesus. There is a breakthrough already working in your life, and religion says it's never going to happen. But God said, I did it for you. I'll do it for them. Amen? Oh, Lord, I'll finish. Trying to wrap this up, Jesus, help me. I'm sitting in my living room eight months into my marriage. I know I'm an absolute disaster of a husband. I, I have depression, probably clinical depression if I went and got checked. I have depression all over me. I, there's a spirit of suicide that walks in the room. Now, I am not happy, jovial fella. You, you have a hard time making me sad. In fact, I'm preaching to myself happy right now. You have a really hard time giving me a bad day. It's going to take a lot, is what I'm saying. But all I had was the knife. And I set that knife next to me, and I sat on the floor next to the couch, and I thought, I've messed this whole thing up. I'll never be a good husband. And the enemy is just saying all this stuff, and all it was was the lies of the enemies in my mind. And I didn't have a weapon. All I had was that knife, and I thought, well, I'll just bleed out right here on the carpet if I have to. I've messed this up so bad, there's no repair. But a spirit walked in that room that countered that spirit of suicide. And it said, you're my child. I beat this spirit with your dad. That's not going to be your future. That's not going to be your lot. You are highly favored. You are blessed among people. You are going to be used by God. This is only a moment, not your measure. This is not your life. This is not what you shall live. And God began to heal me. And from that moment on, I knew that I could get through anything. He taught me to be more than a conqueror, not just to cope. And I thank God for all that stuff. If, you, if you're clinically depressed, get checked and get medication. If, you're, if your brain doesn't produce those kind of chemicals to help you feel happy, go for a walk in the sun. Get yourself something to help you. I believe in all of that, but I also believe that we're not selling medication from a pulpit. We're not selling a political fix. We're not selling anything but more than conquerors through Christ Jesus that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Isn't there more to Jesus than what the church at large is selling the world? There's so much more to him. And so David renames it. It doesn't say anywhere in scripture where he recognized it as the valley of many giants. He walked into the valley saying, this is where the Lord's gonna break through. And some of you are walking into some situations right now where you need to step into it, even though it might look like it's going to be a hard battle. You need to step into it saying, this is going to be a breakthrough for my family. This is going to be a breakthrough for my home. This is going to be a breakthrough in my marriage. This is going to be a breakthrough for my kids. This is going to be a breakthrough for this house. This is going to be a breakthrough for God. Would you stand with me? We need a new breakthrough. How about you? So David inquired of the Lord, and the Lord told him to go up. And David said, this is the place of breakthrough. Right now is a place of breakthrough, and I want you just to lift your hands in this place. 
And I don't know if there's a family member that's on your mind or if your marriage is maybe at a two when you want it to be at a 10. I don't know what's going on in your life right now, but I'm, as a pastor, I'm saying God can minister to you right now. If you would just close your eyes in this room and you will lift him up, he can make a way out of no way. I know the devil has come. He tried to steal it. He tried to destroy it. I don't care how broken down it looks. He's the God of new breakthroughs. And I believe he can do it right now. In the name of Jesus, by the authority and power of the Holy Ghost, we pray over somebody here in this room. God, you're more than able. You're more than able, Jesus. You're more than able, Jesus. We need a breakthrough in our lives. Come on, there's somebody in here that wants it. This altar's open. I don't know what you need to do. If you need to take your spouse by the hand and bring them to the altar, you do it. You do whatever flags heaven right now and says, it's going to be different with me. Come on, someone's courageous right now. Say, Angie, go ahead. Your family needs it. Your family needs it in the name of Jesus. There's so many breakthroughs happening in this lady's life. Not just one, but many. 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 Many breakthroughs. If you're struggling with any depression in the room, it's gone in the name of Jesus. It's gone in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Not because I say so, but because the power of the name of Jesus. Recovery in the name of Jesus. Multiple breakthroughs. God's going to have it. Have a place for you. He's going to build an inhabitance of breakthrough. It's going to be a place where you dwell. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Would you lift your hands all over the room as we pray for people in this altar? If you need to go, we understand. God bless you. But someone needs a financial blessing. Someone needs a spiritual blessing. Someone needs a blessing in their body. In Jesus' name, right now. Come on, somebody. Get a new breakthrough in your heart. Get a new breakthrough in your life right now in the name of Jesus. For your family. For your future. Let him speak the name so that I can do in desperation. I'll seek heaven. I pray this for you. I pray for your healing. I pray that the fear inside would flee in Jesus' name. Come on, Jesus, break every chain in this room. If you don't know if you can, but you want God to do it, he will do it. He'll honor your desire today. Lord, I, I commend breakthroughs in every person's life. I ask you just to break forth over us. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Reach over, pray for somebody next to you. I want you to pray for their breakthrough right now. Pray for their breakthrough in the name of Jesus. God will give you a breakthrough as you're praying for somebody else's breakthrough. In the name of Jesus. Jesus.
today. Mm-hmm.